The All Souls Witch Women Podcast, Episode 17. A few of my favorite things from the A Discovery Witches Season 2 adaptation. Welcome to All Souls Witchy Women, a fan and definitely not official podcast where we talk all things All Souls. We are three women who met over Outlander and then jumped into the All Souls world like the time-traveling witches we wish we were. Hello, everybody in the All Souls world. I'm Nikki, and my friend's Janet. Janet? Yes! And Ashley. hey Are here with me to discuss our favorite things about the season two adaptation of Discovery of Witches. And I just said that, but I said it again. So there we are. So I was driving in my little town last week, going to the grocery store like I do. And I saw a sticker in the back of a car window and it said, the book was better. And it didn't just say which book, it just said the book was better, which implied to me that all books in the history of the world have are better than the screen adaptations that follow them. And if you've spent any time in the Outlander world like we have, you will know that there are some fierce battles that go on between book readers and show watchers. <sighs> and it's bad. And we have a much nicer fandom here, and we don't we don't have arguments of the same size, but we thought it would be fun to take a few moments in this episode to talk about the things that we really loved about the season two adaptation. Things that were better on the screen than they were in our heads. In our little old heads. And spoiler alert, if you were playing the Elizabethan drinking game where you take a drink every time Janet, it's mostly Janet, says, Elizabethan, get a glass. Get one of those big insulated mugs because you're going to need it. I'll just start right now. Elizabethan. <laughs> Amateurs, you've been warned. <laughs> <laughs> True story. Yeah. My excitement started, yeah, at the opening credits and basically seeing it was super trying to be authentic. And that's all I'll say as we jump in. Well, but that's a really good place to start. Elizabethan England and the production magic that was Elizabeth. Yes. I have to say that for me, and I've, you know, read a fair amount of stuff around Elizabeth in England and maybe spent some time in costumes when I was in a, a, a Renaissance and medieval music ensemble. Cause I, yes, I am that nerd. Um, but, um, and taught Elizabethan dance. So yeah. Did your husband uh, ever ask you to stay in your costume just a little bit longer? Well, I didn't know him then. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah. Um, I thought this, I just thought the sets were really, 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 really good. It's like exactly how I would picture that. It's exactly sort of how I see sort of renditions in, in both art and woodcuts and sort of all of that. I mean... I will say also as a 21st century viewer, there are moments where I was like, wow, it's very dark. Maybe you mm -hmm. could just get a little lighter. But I, the whole thing I thought was fantastic. The closed in, sort of the way the, the, um, the street scenes, how narrow they were, the way the sort of the, the uh, windows overset it. I mean, just the whole bit. It's like they had me at the first scene. Uh, because you mentioned the lighting, it's it's somewhere I wanted to go. So now you've uh, given me a segue. It's something I really liked about it because I felt like it was, it's first of all, authentic to England, just to be a little dark and gray. But the time period overall, like you just sort of felt like, um, I mean, I particularly loved in the first episode when they, they do the, the I was going to say, the time warp. Let's do, <laughs> Let's do the, the time warp again. Oh, wait, we got singing in early. That's good. Perfect. And it was Janet this time. I know. Thankfully, that's awesome. Um, they time walk, and I'm glad that they arrive in a nighttime hour because it just made the whole thing more ominous, more unknown. There was just so much baked into that. Like, where are you? Have you managed to land in the right year? Are you even in the right city? Are you even at the right time? And so to land in the dark, and so then I'm waiting, like, to figure out, like, sh certainly the sun's going to shine on them at some point, and it never really went above this gray, either in the interior sets or out sort of on location and, you know, out in, out in the wilderness, as it were, just out in England. But I feel like that's so authentic, not only to England, but to that time period, and then to just being 
a way to tell a story in a way that sets a tone is to make that lighting look as it does so that you just never, I never really truly felt comfortable. Like, don't feel comfortable. Something's always lurking around the corner. You're in peril. You never know what's coming at you. We don't know where this is headed. We don't know if you're gonna be successful. And I feel like if you put like sunshine and bright lighting to it, it almost gives you that false hope. And so I never felt truly like at rest watching them go through what they went through in that time period. And it felt very real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good way of putting it. I hadn't really thought of it that way before, but the other part of it just I was thinking about as you were talking was um, you can't really see who people really are, right? Which is also sort of an underlying theme oh, here um, yes. as, um, you know, who is Kit really, you know? Um, and so I thought that, I mean, that adds to that. So it's, that's, that's a great point. It's a great way of putting it, Ashley. Yeah, so I, I, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna take a, I'm gonna take my own time work back to the All Souls Con in 2019. Not that I'm counting, but that was the last time I was on an airplane. Whoa! Thank you, COVID. Sigh. Um, That's two years. Yeah. I haven't been on an airplane. No, I know. I'm just saying, like, when you can really. And, and how relevant to point it out here. Like, that's mm-hmm. been... Because we're hitting almost the two-year mark of the Cardiff Con. Yeah. Right. Right. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so after that sad moment, I'm just... Yeah. Go over the little speed bump. And it was now, a good follow from the mood lighting, though. <laughs> <laughs> but I was... Um, when we were preparing for this podcast, I was thinking about James North... Um, coming to the All Souls Con and we got to see those first still images of the sets and just how freaking gorgeous they are and you know when when they showed some of the pictures there was just this huge inhale from the audience and uh, for me when when I first saw when you know when they first landed in England I got goosebumps because I was I I was thinking about the story in the book but I was also thinking about being there in that place with those people and seeing seeing the first look and just having it come from a picture on a PowerPoint slide into my living room was just, ah, it was wonderful. Yeah, Yeah, uh, totally. Uh, You know, and they have a very, I don't know, sometimes sets can be underwhelming. They can have a very two-dimensional feel to them, even though they're three-dimensional, but these felt rich and deep for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, between the first season with the Bodleian and all of that, right, yeah. which we know they recreated that room in the Bodleian, and then sort of what they recreated here, you know, obviously some of its special effects, et cetera. But um, I just, I thought they really nailed it. I really do. Yes. So huge, huge, 10, t- ten thumbs up to James North and all of the folks on his production crew who just made Deb's dream a reality and ours too i agree the last thing i'll say is like i feel like there's such you know um there's like this peak in pop culture of watching these historical fiction shows and they feel like some of them have getting like rushed to be you know to the green light moment to screen and you watch it and you're like okay really um <clears throat> cough jamestown cough you know or <laughs> Any of the others we may have sampled. I'll leave James Reed alone. <laughs> I will forever leave James Reed alone. Everyone. His soul is dark and tortured or whatever he said. Um, but I, I just, you know, you kind of watch like, please don't mess this up because it is so beautiful in the books that it's the one thing that you're like, please. Like she's given you a very clear roadmap for how to do this. And they took gen- gentle, tender care of the whole thing and made it, I think, even more vivid than I could even picture in my head. Yeah, absolutely. Dangerously broken. I just remembered. James Reed said he was dangerously broken, not to mess <laughs> right. with him. And for those of you who haven't seen James Down, can I, I just need that's a quick all I'll aside. say. Did either of you ever finish the series? I'm, I, d- I didn't. I, I just remembered that I hadn't, and so I started watching whatever the last season a little bit again. Please, please finish watching it because the last episode of the last season is the most anticlimactic thing I have ever seen on television. Oh, well, Perfect. now I'm curious. 
All right. Can we can we just skip to that then? <laughs> you really probably could. I was just sitting there by myself because nobody in this house is going to watch it with me. And I was just like, what the fuck? What? What? <laughs> really? So, okay. please. Bye, and thank you for watching. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's well, just now say I'm there ne- won't be a sequel. Well, and now I'm super curious, so now I have to. Yeah. Um, well. Sep- Septour. Oh, God. I forgot Septour. Yes. Oh, I, I was going to move on to costumes, but you're right. I know. Tour. That's why I'm reminding you. I know. I so yes, I, I love seeing Septour in two different, two different time periods because I, I I have a, a big thing with old buildings and architecture, and I just I, that's why one of the reasons why I love going to England so much, uh, but. And, and I, when I'm in an old building, I always think about, you know, all the people who have been through there and all the lives that, that that building has seen. And so it was very cool to me with that frame of mind to see Septours, you know, oh, the cat's going to join us. Um, Tabitha. <laughs> Septours, what, 500 years apart or something like that? Which, yeah. you know, I loved. I do too, and I like... I, the idea, like, Matthew's seen it, right? And he's like, yep, I remember this. But, like, to be Diana and be like, I just was there. We were just dancing right. in the room. We were having the meals. And by meals, I mean I was eating and you all were watching me and drinking wine. Uh, and then to step into it. So, like, there's no reason that she would ever think that she would see it in two time periods. So to kind of, you know, I I can't even imagine, like, how you step into that and just try and pretend, like, this is okay. Here we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if I had been Diana, my mouth would have been open all right. the time. Like, just 100% all the time. Right. It would have been a total flycatcher of just like, oh, what? <gasps> she was, like, super cool. I mean, she had other things on her plate. I get that. But, you know, I absolutely would have just plotsed. Way off on a detour. But I feel like her mouth was open the entire time. Yeah, um, kind of was. <laughs> <laughs> because I was like girl's not really feeling it out reading the room first she's just like nope here i am take me as i am i'm unfiltered i'm gonna tell you all my things um i love in the first episode when they were like your speak is giving you away and they were like can you maybe not you know when it was like she's clearly not from this time period you're not even talking like you're in this time period because she was offering them so many words to analyze there was no like let me just take a beat like stand in the corner sort of understand what's going on maybe read the room a little then step in it was like nope like 110 percent i'm gonna give you all the words and all my thoughts i've got no room for speed bumps to figure this out yeah so i that that yes all of that because that was that was one thing that i actually really loved about the adaptation is because in the book you spend so much time at the lodge with Matthew and Diana and they're trying to get their footing and they're doing all this back and forth and he's like, you won't like me here and I'm a bad guy. Um, and, you know, she's writing in her commonplace book and she's she's learning how to do the letters and she's, you know, she's, she's like you said, she's getting her footing. And in the, the screen, they didn't have time to do that for the show and she's just like, nope, I'm here. Take me as I am. Yeah. She has to do that repeatedly, too, basically, because of it. Yeah. I, of course, loved all those little details, but I also am the person who has on their Barnes & Noble little tag, the book was better, so I'm that person. <laughs> or, I no, it's, it says the book is always better. There, so. Oh, we'll see. There you go. Yep. So, so I'm that person. <laughs> I kind of want that on a tote bag. I won't carry it to the next con, I promise. But <laughs> Right, right, right. So, anywho. <laughs> yeah, go on. Well, yeah, so we talked about James Northen is incredible, incredible set design. So, maybe we talk about Sarah Arthur and her costumes. Oh, wait, we're talking about set. Can we talk about Phoebe's office? I know it's not on our list officially, but are you kidding me? Like, the first time I saw her office, it's like this massive... She's got, maybe there's someone else in the space with her. Some other guy yeah, who ends up looking dude. at the stuff. But seriously, 
like all you know the the rich dark woods the i don't know i'm sorry i'm somebody who you know i i spent most of my life working in a newsroom where basically you know you were lucky if you had i don't know a pen to go with your on your little metal desk with your you know laptop from 1920 you know i'm just saying it was really pretty to look at i had some ergonomic concerns <laughs> myself <laughs> well she's not typing a lot come on let's get real it's true it's true yeah 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 anyway. you had you had ergonomic concerns and i watched it with the eye of pandemic and thought oh girl's been sent home to work from home and it does not look like that at home like we've had right. to we've had to makeshift a kitchen counter phoebe i'm sorry welcome yeah. to the real world sorry i just wanted to mention it because it was i thought it was just fucking fabulous it i was. don't know what's beautiful. up with those monitors why are their monitors like down and tilted up i i, I don't for know. tv right or whatever who I, knows i don't know but okay so that was a that was a brief interruption but go also, on you... as a as a career administrative professional i think she needed some more office supplies because she had a rubber band ball and a pan. i agree yeah i was like wow. where's her little like tchotchke mug her right. like graphic cute like ironic mug full of like brand new sharpies and pens and things yes. does she not operate like i do i guess not post-it yeah. dispenser yeah phoebe's too cool for any of that stuff yeah, i guess i guess fine anywho well let's talk about the costumes yes sarah arthur and her team did a freaking amazing job per usual true true <sighs> I think the wedding dress had to be my favorite, and I feel like that's an easy. I feel, I feel like that's low hanging fruit. But my God, it was gorgeous. It was. It was. It was just stunning. It was stunning, absolutely stunning. I wanted to see more. I wanted to see more of the wedding, but we'll discuss that at another time. Yes. Right? Oh wait, the next podcast, perhaps. Um. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I wanted to see more of that. Yeah, but yeah, you know, right. What can but, you do? But the dress was amazing, and I'm now going to just say Matthew's leather pants, and that's all. <laughs> yeah. He should just, yeah, all the time wear those pants. They were amazing. I mean, that whole outfit just with the leather top, and then he had, like, the fedora. It's not a fedora because, of course, that's not appropriate for the time yeah. period. And, like, a, yeah. I mean, I would have jumped right into that set and had sex right there. Watch out, Matthew. Um, good proportionate response. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't spend a lot of time lusting over other men, but a lot. But you know, and I don't think Matthew Good. I'm sorry. I mean, he's fine. He's a he's a fine looking man. It's fine. I agree. But right. But in the 1590s. Oh my God! Right, right. Plus, he had teeth. And the beard. So. He had teeth, exactly. And they were like, "You look unwell. What's wrong with you?" And I was like, "The rest of you look unwell. Let's take a note out of his playbook." <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like, if this is unwell, okay, I'll take it. Mm -hmm. Yes, like maybe six or seven times. I mean, just. So no. Janet has proposed jumping through the screen. I want to make sure that we earn our E rating honestly. I have some follow-up questions. Okay. <laughs> Leather pants are not something that that I that is that is encountered uh, that I've had an encounter with. Are they easy to come off in that moment? I'm just curious because it feels like something that we need. We need a little bit of like a greasing agent of some sort, powder like on Friends when he was like powdering the inside to try and get them off. I just want to make sure that you're prepared for a little bit of like, you know, she's got a whole lot of things to take off in the time period. It's, Those leather yeah. pants might take as much time. It's they true. Well, you know, amazing. I mean, I, clearly I need to rewatch, but because I didn't look to sort of see what was going on in the whole what I'm going to call codpiece area. Because there could be, it could be that you can just like, you know, easily whip this out. I don't know. <laughs> and of course, in that time period, the That's women. That's going to be the one I take home with me. <laughs> easily whip it out. And of course, in that time period, the women would not have been wearing underwear. So all you have to do is go, boom. I mean, lift it up. I mean, 
It could have been easier than you think is all I'm saying. No, I I know. Listen, I know that you're an Elizabethan scholar in all forms. That's why I came to you with my questions. (laughs) I'm not an Elizabethan scholar, but, you know, and I'm sure somebody will jump in and say I'm wrong about whatever. But I'm just saying it's not 21st century leather pants. That's all I'm going to say. Fair point. That's all I'm going to say. So, you know. They weren't secured off Amazon Prime. I got it. Right, exactly. So, you know, there could have been ways around it is my point. I just had flashbacks of sitting on my grandparents' couch, you know. The, sticking to it. It's sticking to it, yeah, and yeah. it makes the sound as mm-hmm. you peel your legs off of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It was amazing, is all I'm going to say. And then he had boots, too. Oh, God. Like, seriously, high boots, right? Which, if my husband came and wore that stuff, I'd be like, oh, my God, this is hysterical. You need to stop right now. Don't do that, right? It's you got to be able to pull it Would off. You know? I no, I would. Yeah, no, he would not be able to pull. I mean, he could pull off a lot of other things, but he, that that would not work. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna make another Outlander reference. So Jamie's boots from season two of Outlander, or Matthew's boots from season oh. two of A Discovery of Witches. Ooh. Okay. Well, I think I would have to go with Matthew's boots because it was all part of the thing me too yeah yeah i think so yeah that would be me what about you ashley i don't understand life is full of choices why do i have to choose can i not have both <laughs> uh, right. why can't i have it all right you you can you can have them both, yeah ashley. i want the world i want the whole world um i actually think oof that's tough Mm. I'd have yeah mm. I don't know because I you know like seeing Matthew in them is fresher to me than the memory you've brought up about Jamie but then I went there in my head and was like oh I don't know that's tough yeah. but um, what a good problem to ponder <laughs> uh, yeah exactly yeah really mm. which hot which hot boot concept do you want mm. I'm seeing yeah. a social media image um, <laughs> okay <laughs> mm. good good we like that <laughs> Um, yeah. And, but I also just want to say, you know, so we've talked about the wedding dress, we've talked about the leather pants and all of the things with it and the hat, but I also just feel like they did an excellent job with kind of what I'm going to call regular people clothes. You know, I mean, I felt like we, you know, we talked about, um, you know, setting the scene for sort of Elizabethan um, London, et cetera. And, you know, just I felt like everybody's clothes were Mm -hmm. just fantastic and really helped to sort of create the ambiance and the vibe of what you, you know, what what we imagine this world would be like. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, totally agree. I totally agree. I know we picked out like a couple of favorites, but it's not because like those are the only standout. It's, It's just that everything was so well done that it's, um, it's fun to pick out your favorites or the ones that are worth, like, they definitely, you know, get to rise above. But to your point, it wasn't like they went all in on these key signature moments and then the rest of it fell apart when you saw the extras walking around or even some, like, secondary characters. It was like, nope, everything was thought mm-hmm. through to a T. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, I, I still love Sarah and Emily's wardrobe for all of the 21st century functionality of it. You know, I do too, although there was a moment when I was watching and I was like, you're wearing those fingerless gloves to bed? Like, really? Um, It was damn cold in that castle because Isabel wouldn't light a fire for him. Okay. All right. All right. Fine. I take it back. I stand corrected. (laughs) I'm just saying. I mean, I love the fingerless gloves. I've been sitting there going, can I knit a pair like that? Let me look at that, etc. So... It is of interest, but I did, when I was re-watching it this time to, pre- to prepare for this, I did sort of say, I don't know, that's a lot of stuff to have on in your bed. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so. I mean, I think I would go less clothes, more blankets. Yeah, absolutely. But but, oh, yeah. but what do we know, right? Yeah, <clears throat> Janet, as someone who's, um, I know we've all, we all have some sort of home or memory of visiting a home with this situation, but... My beloved grandma's house in the holler had just the um, the wood burning kind of stove, potbelly mm-hmm. stove, 
that only piped up to her room. So if you slept in any of the other rooms, you went to bed seeing your breath, you woke up seeing your breath. So you wore all the layers you could possibly wear. And because you weren't going to not go to grandma's house for Christmas, you just brought more clothing <laughs> that was for the indoors and the outdoors. So when I, when I watched that, I thought, oh, she's visiting Madeline Wickline's house in the winter. I get it. Well, okay. I, you know, again, I stand corrected. I just thought it was too much, but now you guys have convinced me. (laughs) That house, that that castle was just fucking freezing. I think it was. So, you know, you may be in bed with another body, but that's just not enough. So, it's a big space too. It's a big space. Even if there is heating in there, that's all I was thinking. Like, look at the just the sheer square footage of that and the high ceilings in those rooms and all the things. There is no cozy. There's coziness in the look of it, but not in the actual like functional heating of what's going on in there. Everything's stone. Yeah, marble. I mean, the reality is you can retrofit those kinds of buildings to 21st century heating, and it's never going to still give enough heat. It's just, you know, it's like electric heat, which we had in this house when we first moved in here, which unless you were sitting on the radiator, and I'm not kidding when I say that, you felt nothing. There was no heat in the rest of the room because it like, the heat was like five inches from the radiator. So So I don't know if we set out to do this, but actually what we've done is we have talked about the interplay between costumes and set design and how they work together to give you a feeling for a thing and I mean I I felt that when when I saw them wearing those clothes I I immediately thought oh my god it must be freezing in that castle right right and that's that's a special kind of thing to be able to do that without words because they never said it's cold in here mm-hmm. um, right no, you you're just, good. that's good yep. you just you picked up on that between the the, the you know the the block walls the stone walls their their outfits we know that empire vampires don't feel the cold like the warm bloods would and you know you just you felt you kind of felt what they were feeling and i think that's a lovely thing good point good point look at us sounding smart i know look at that it's like planned anyway yeah did you did you want to say something about mary sydney's trunk shop that I loved it and that I wish I had a friend who would come over to my house and put armor on me. Armor in the form of clothes. Actually, I could use that right now because I'm going to have to go back to the office soon and I don't know what the hell I'm going to wear because I don't know how to dress myself anymore. So, just going to put this out there. If anybody wants to come to my house (laughs) with clothes, they don't have to be in a trunk. They can just be in your car trunk. I'll take it. I love it. Mary Sydney was the original Stitch Fix. Um, <laughs> That's good. I like I it. I mean, honestly, because it was like, let's find out what your style is, and then I'll just keep <laughs> refilling it. Take only the things you like. Exactly. I'll just And I'll just tweak this here, and it'll be all good. Right. It's perfect. This is so last year. It's great. <laughs> yeah. No, it's perfect. That's good. I like it. Anyway, the cat's staring at me from her window perch of top of my head. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a good segue to uh, unruly animals. <laughs> it kind of is. <laughs> Please lead us there. <laughs> <laughs> so, special effects. Unruly cats. Fire drakes. I always get nervous about this because, yes. you know, it can it can segue over into sort of like painful pretty quickly. Um, and we can all probably think of shows where that's happened. And, you know, um, I was nervous about season one for that reason. And I came out, I was like, okay, cool. They did it. It's fine, right? I have, you know, a lot of feelings about Cora, as in I think, you know, she's awesome. Um, and I was worried about how they were going to do that um, and the Rowan tree. And I just, for me, they nailed it. They absolutely 150% nailed it. Oh, yeah. I, I set mouth agape when the Rowan tree appeared. It was just, it was fabulous. And it's one of those things that it was way better than I could have ever possibly imagined it. 
Yeah, and I loved how it went, you know, when Cora went back into her body or the tree, all of it I thought was like, all right, this is well done. Like it's it's just enough. It's 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 it yeah. I I thought it was fantastic. Mhm. I've so I I did some screen caps um for those things and I watched a lot of this in slow motion. And oh. um it was really cool to see um when Cora comes out of Diana and actually when the round tree comes out of her um, the the things that she does with her body mm-hmm. yeah. that you don't you don't really catch when you're just watching it at full speed but I had the ability to just um, just move frame by frame mm-hmm. and the things that Teresa Palmer did with her body um, with I mean with nothing there right because Right. She's just acting like there's a rowan tree coming out of her. It was amazing. And it gave me so much respect for what she's doing. And you know, she Yes. I'm 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 not sure if you could just go back and and watch it in that way in slow motion with just like your regular Amazon Prime. But if you have the chance, it's it's just really cool to see cuz she just like throws herself back like she's going to do like a back handspring or something. Well, now I want to, just based on what you were saying, because I think that's really interesting um, to see that. They created a GIF of it, I know, and that was the moment that I really became aware of the fact that I had watched it so quickly just for the effect of looking at the tree that I hadn't looked enough squarely at her, and so did go back, because it kind of shows it in just repetitive slow motion, just, you know, as GIFs do, but... Um, it's such a valid point because, you know, they're standing there in front of a green screen. It's like, hey, as best you can, like you've read this passage in the book, imagine what it might be like if a tree just burst out of you in flames. And you're like, okay, and roll. (laughs) So um, I agree with you um, 100% because I was like, my God, it literally looked like, so it was like a combination to your point of, yes, kudos to the special effects team, but it still could have gone off the rails if her acting hadn't sold it and it did and Mm -hmm. it was just pure magic to watch and um i like you janet that this was the one area that gave me pause because season one i think the only thing for me that i was like hmm is like look how fast matthew runs and it's like you know there's just you're trying to get the idea that vampires have speed they can just move at the speed of like i would say light but you know what i mean they just like appear and you can tell it's like we're doing the best we can but this is one where i'm like no this is so magical this brings this and it's such a pivotal point to her finding her true self and her getting control of her magic and discovering it that this has to go well there's no way this can't go well or else please don't attempt it and it went way better than I imagine. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, to me too, I think part of it is um, you were saying, Nikki, about sort of what Teresa Palmer did in her sort of body language and motion, which to me is choreography. And, I, mm-hmm. to, and I'm sure that was choreographed, right? And oh, also sure. the choreography of her weaving the knots, I thought was absolutely oh, yeah. beautiful, which is also a special effect, but it wouldn't have worked if she hadn't been able to sort of do the things she did, right? And then, of course, um, Emily's choreography in terms of how she was weaving her spell around the circle and creating the space. Um, it was really a dance. I mean, they were both. It was both. They were both beautiful for other reasons, and they are tied more Diana's with the weaving to special effects than um, uh, Emily. But it, they were beautiful, and mm-hmm. they were so good at it. They were both so good at it. Yeah, mm-hmm. Valerie. Valerie. Yeah, Valerie Pettiford. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, we we wondered what you know, what are the knots going to be? I because we think of them sort of like embroidery floss. I think I, that that's what I had in my head, anyway. <clears throat> and and you wondered what that was going to be like when it came on to screen. And again, I couldn't have imagined that they were like they were that that they that they would be like they were, but they were beautiful in their own sort of way and. I'm I'm just one of the things that have, has always fascinated me about these books is um, the th- the the idea of the threads of time, and that we could visualize her picking the threads of of the different elements and weaving them into something was um, 
<clears throat> very cool to see. And again, better than I could have ever imagined it. So yes, and unlike the threads when she was, um, you know, uh, spellbound by her parents, where you know before we got to where the, those scenes you know we had the weird spider and i was kind of like what's going on here and you know etc in the first season right and i was a little i was a little put off by that mm -hmm. um and how they did it i never had it got better for me once you sort of saw the spell itself kind of thing but i feel like these were immediately like mm -hmm. oh yeah oh yes got it yep. perfect good job yeah so there was like a choreography that was going on there i was trying to picture like do you, in a prescriptive manner, explain to her how to move her hands to like create these knots, or do you just see what she does and then your special effects team draws out of it from there? But either yeah. way, like it's choreography. You're not dancing with your feet, but you're dancing with your fingers and your hands to create an effect that we're longing to see that has so much significance to this story. And it was just beautiful to watch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Time should we for move relationship? on to relationships? I think we should. Well, there's Kit and Matthew, and I, I'm. Did everybody hate Matt or Kit in the book? I kind of did, but I kind of didn't in the show. And I, and I, so my theory is in the book, we see Kit through Diana's eyes, and he was, he was challenging her relationship with Matthew and so naturally she had a, a defensive posture about him and you know we know in the book that he loved Matthew but I think we had an opportunity to see their relationship in a way on the screen that we didn't in the book to really show us how much he loved Matthew and how much it pained him to know that he couldn't be with Matthew. Yeah I definitely had more empathy for him like I feel like the way he played it made me feel more empathy for him than I certainly felt reading the book because I had the same reaction you did like okay and moving on like you're you're a bit much and uh you're off-putting and then I watched it and I'm like you are still those things but yet there is sort of this uh emotional vulnerability to you where you're like you just you have unreturned love yes. right and i you know imagine what that does to someone in a short amount of time that's a mortal life let alone you know you've sort of lived centuries um with this undying unreturned sort of love and in, in the way that you want it for somebody and so i just had this sort of like yeah you're annoying and you're a lot and you're toxic and your behaviors but if love doesn't go your way, who knows, who can judge how someone acts, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, um, you said, let's talk relationships. You started with them and I'm like, you watch them and you're just sort of like, yes, their Facebook status is, it's complicated because it's not really <laughs> easily unpacked. There's a lot going on there. It's like, Matthew's like, I'm here, I got you, but whatever, but you can't cross a line. And now I have this person and this is my person and it's not you and it never was you. And You've, you know what I mean? Like, there's just so much going on mm -hmm. that you're like, yeah, no, he's going to go off the rails and you can't blame him. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not right, but you can't, you can't, I guess, be, it's one of those, like, I'm alarmed at your behavior, but not shocked. Right. I, I don't remember, and maybe you guys do, in the book, um, did Diana sort of, you know, quote his words back to him at some point? I think she did. Okay. Well, I think that's a really. I mean, I I liked it a lot in that scene in the in the show, and um, let's assume that it happened both places. I mean, I think that's. I just think it's a really clever way of doing that because, of course, he was a wordsmith, and this is what, um, you know, yes, he may have been a spy, but he was also this is what he really cared about was the words, and it's the moment when he looks at her differently. Mm-hmm when she is actually quoting his his words back to him from hero and leander and and i just thought that was really poignant um so i just i thought that was a, a lovely mm -hmm. moment between the two of them you know of course under extreme duress and of course after that she like puts the fire around them etc and, and matthew has to talk her off the ledge because she totally was going to take them out 
Um, I think she so. had her own little blood rage moment there. And Matthew was like, whoa, time out. I've got it. It's okay. Whoa, back off, back off, right? Because she was just like, really? Now? What? Yeah. She's like, I'm, I'm done with this bitch and this guy. Yeah. Anyway. But it was so telling. Like, the, the moment you're talking about was so telling. Because I think Kit's standing there like, I know him best. They're going to have, like, a pissing contest over who could possibly control him and understand all of the inner workings that make Matthew Matthew. And it's like, how could it possibly be her? You've just met her. I'm not even convinced that this is a real relationship. And then, like, in a nanosecond, she's able to calm him and control him. And there's just this look of, like, defeat on Kit's face of, like, Mm -hmm. so it's not me. (laughs) Right. Right. And, you know, I mean, there is this idea of love between men that's different in Shakespearean England, uh, Shakespearean times, um, and, you know, before that as well. And so, of course, Kit has had that right before you know new matthew shows up with this woman and and you know as with all love you're like wait a minute like how is this possible so anyhow Mm -hmm. matthew and diana their relationship it's hot then it's cold it's yes then it's no (laughs) you're in then you're i was gonna do my katy perry i can't remember all the lyrics but it definitely felt like a touch of Katy Perry here and there. A yeah. healthy touch of Katy Perry. Um, for me, at least, I really liked it because it felt very relatable and very honest to how long they've actually had to be together as a partnership and to get to know each other and to see each other through sort of crisis scenarios, uh, calm scenarios, you know. If you think about it, it's like there's these little milestones that we all do when we get in a relationship where we're like, okay, have we met family members together? Have we tried to travel together? Hmm. Have we tried to do any of this? And it's like they just went from the 101 course of love to like fast track to the master class. And um, so to me, it feels like, yeah, it's not all going to be sunshine and roses. And I liked even in like the first couple of episodes where it's like, you know they're fighting and then they're fine and then they're fighting and they're fine because that would be very true to a new relationship where you're trying to get to know each other without all these crazy circumstances pressuring in on you as you're trying to walk forward together so i felt like not only was there an element of this is old matthew and you're about to get to know how old matthew acts in elizabeth in england um it's different from the new matthew you fell in love with but it's also like remove that and it's still just like they're about three seconds into this relationship so this is all the crap that everyone experiences where you're like we can't keep our hands off each other but at the same time i kind of like to kill you and i didn't know that i wanted to kill you until i saw you do this thing for the first time that i didn't even know you did yeah so Mm -hmm. i liked watching it because i felt like yeah okay this is the most human thing i could watch which is the two of you fumbling through a new relationship just like any of the rest of us would yeah, and it shows you the depth of their love, too, because they work through it. And it, it, it makes it so it's more identifiable for you, the reader or watcher, right? Because you have a better feel. Because you're like, oh, yeah, I did that. Oh, yeah, right? I remember that moment in my relationship, you know. Except, you know, I don't have the fire or whatever. So want that. I want the fire. I. We're still talking. Ah, so good. So good. In my head, the fire's coming out, but I guess in reality, it's not actually. But I, when I watched her, I felt like, wait, it could be. It, I could be inspired to get to that point. Or yeah. when she slams the door. Yeah, awesome. Right. Like, come on, that's like yes. everybody's dream of like, yes, I did that in my head. So wish it would just happen. Yeah. For for me, it's just less my my husband, more my sixteen year old child. But okay. <laughs> If I could just put a ring, if I could just encase her in in a ring of fire until she finished loading the dishwasher, that would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I I grew up with a child who was pretty much like Diana, and and I'm pretty sure I saw fire. Uh, You know, I just, yeah. I wouldn't say she couldn't do it. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Totally. She was four, and, you know, she told me. She was four when she told me I ruined the universe. <laughs> Literally in an argument, she put her little hands on her hips and she looked at me. She goes, you ruined the universe. 
and then stomped away, right? So that's a pretty powerful move, Janet. Like you, you had more than going than I thought. You ruined the Seriously. whole universe. The whole universe. The not entire... like my life, this no. world. The not, whole universe. Right. Not the house. Not yeah. No, it was everything. Oh, Intergalactic. Yeah. That's incredible. Don't mess yeah. with Janet. Right. There it is. So. Um, well, I had something that I was grateful wasn't in the adaptation. So I was like, do I include it here? Do I include it in the next one? But I think it goes in this one because it's a plus. Yes. Yeah, it was a plus for me. I um, was really relieved that they didn't try and uh, kind of shoehorn in a miscarriage storyline into what was already a jam-packed 10 episodes of trying to adapt. Very dense material. And, you know, jump between time periods to tell the story and progress it forward. I think it would have been a real disservice to a very emotional and very real trauma for for a story to be told, mm-hmm. but for people watching to experience, to it be just kind of shoved into an episode and then move on because we got to quickly go forward. And so I felt like their storyline experienced enough of the highs and lows for us to understand their relationship before, you know, sort of her finding out, wait, we are going to have a baby at least we get a chance at this without having experienced the loss. I just feel like that the material was so jam-packed that it would have been a real, I just think, a real insult to injury to try and shove that in. Yeah, it wouldn't, it, I mean, to do it right, they would have needed, I think, two episodes. <clears throat> yeah, right. And it, yeah. And, and it would have just gotten in the way of all the other stuff that needed to happen. And, you know, as it is, there are things that got left out or changed or whatever that maybe some of us don't love, you know, and I think it would have exacerbated that. Mm-hmm. So I I agree. I think it was, uh, yeah, and, and because it's a super complicated topic, fraught with emotion mm-hmm. and, um, and challenges. And if you're going to do it, you have to really do it right, which, you know, is how they're trying to do other things. So they made that choice the right choice for that yeah. yeah i i agree i mean if i it it's it's not to say that people shouldn't cover that topic because i i think i think people should not shy away from it but to your point if you're gonna do it right really i do it do it justice don't don't make it a oh this happened next yeah right and i know Teresa palmer i read something where she really sort of fought to try to have it in you know and i think in part because she has has had a miscarriage and wanted to sort of go into that territory but it wasn't it wasn't going to be the way that she wanted it to be right. you know so so good choice we yeah. we we applaud leaving that out absolutely so matthew and queen elizabeth I have to say, one of my favorite moments of the entire series was Matthew and his moment with Queen Bess Mm -hmm. and her her rotting teeth and his um, giving her peace with where she was in her age and her her reign and sort of her, her worries about her kingdom and her legacy. And he gave her what he couldn't give his father, which was an honest conversation about what was or wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. And um, I just I just thought it was beautiful. The, the acting, the moment where she's, their faces, the whole thing was, it, it was perfect yes. for me. It was absolutely perfect. Um, such vulnerability and such love between the two of them. You got hints of what their relationship had been. Remember, you know, at one point she was his age. Like yeah. they looked, the same right so imagine i will say as the older of everybody here imagine being the person who just starts to look old and decrepit while the guy who you may had the hots for and maybe had a flirtatious thing going on your shadow still looks 40 <laughs> like you know that's hard man mm-hmm. um and just just the whole thing i just thought it was uh, 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 it was beautiful it was just beautiful I, I I agree. It was um, that just yes, the look on her face, the, the the expression when he tells her, you know that that what what does he say, Gloriana? Yes. Um, 
and and the, and again back to the the sets and the lighting the way they lit her and and she sort of glowed mm, when he told right. her that it just yes. it was i get goosebumps talking about it i i i thought that that was that was one of the best moments for me as well yeah i i will say overall there were other some other moments too which we haven't talked about matthew growling but um i feel like matthew good really had some extremely good moments in this season um his um i mean he's you know he's a good actor so don't Mm -hmm. get me wrong but i feel like he had a chance here to really sort of expand his his the breadth of his character Mm -hmm. in this season because he was changing into old matthew but still had new matthew and or young you know contemporary matthew and um i thought his behaviors when he was in blood rage and sort of um and diana was reaching to i mean he looked like an animal and his sort of he did some things that i've seen dogs do which of course he has that wolf pack Mm -hmm. you know um part to what he he is and I, i i just thought i thought he really showed a lot of breadth and had it you know in this episode in this season unpopular opinion did he perhaps study the T-Rex from Jurassic Park a little bit too much, though? <laughs> right. Well, so I have not seen Jurassic Park, so not going to be able to what? comment on that. Because there's a thing where he does with his, his like hands are like this and then his neck is kind of like this. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's a T-Rex. I'll see. Well, so for not having seen that, I didn't know that. So wait, was it the T-Rex or the Velociraptor? Okay. I don't know. Either way, it's a great reference as someone who has carried the torch since 1993 for that movie. I love it so much. It holds up to me. I had a crush on Sam Neill, another great English actor, but I um I think that's hysterical. Either way, I got a complete visual of what you were saying. <laughs> All right, oh, so now God. you've ruined it for me. Thanks, Nikki. <laughs> oh my God. So what so I do. Good so good and then once i saw the t-rex i couldn't see anything else really so damn it now i'm not gonna i'm I'm not gonna be able to watch it again because i have to stick in my head what i had in my head okay so right sort of replace it brain bleach yeah exactly right right (laughs) do you ever just feel like like in life you're just like a t-rex trying to make a bed or like do a push-up that's kind of how i felt the past few days Like you just think, like, could it get any worse? And you're like, yeah. Oh yes, it can. Trying to trying to put a fitted sheet on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, um, do you want to do your favorite favorite moments? Um. Well, I mean, we sort of. T- I don't know if you, you guys do. I mean, yeah. I mean, we did. I mean, I for me, it was it was absolutely the Matthew and Queen Elizabeth thing. That for me. I loved, too, about that moment. I was digging really hard, and I apologize because I cannot remember the name of the very gifted actress playing Queen Elizabeth. Um, So if anybody does, feel free. Um, But I thought that they were such, like, thespian equals in that moment, too. Like, because he's such a dynamic actor. You know, he's got such a presence about him. You can tell, like, he's been trained in theater. Like, you just get, like, a very... Like, you have honed your craft. Um, and, you know, sometimes it depends on who he's on screen with. You have this moment, and you're like, eh, you know, like, it's working, it's not working. But I thought what made that even more so was just that they felt like they were so complementary to each other with the emotion of that scene, but also just in their ability to work and play off each other at a skill level that I just felt like you were watching, like, I don't know, Royal British Theater. Mm-hmm. Barbara Martin. Thank you. It's the actress. But My apologies mm-hmm. to Miss Martin. <laughs> so that that was my favorite, favorite sort of moment. But I also want to do want to give a shout out to basically Goody Alsop and every moment that she basically oh, appeared yeah. in. Right. Because she she was just she was terrific. She was wonderful. Yep. Um, one of my favorite moments, it should, I mean, there are so many, but I really, cause we're not going to, we didn't really like spend a lot of time here. You can imagine that we would 
this could go on for episodes and episodes. We really just like picked apart a few things. Um, and so we haven't spent a ton of time talking about what we got to see in modern time. But I really loved the episode where Marcus and Phoebe were getting to know each other. Yes. I thought that was so much damn fun. Like, in the middle of all these kind of serious episodes and like, oh no, what's going to happen? I just, I was along for the ride. Just like popcorn in the face, up against the screen. Like, very excited to just watch them fumble through flirtation and mm-hmm. her to discover he's a vampire. But, you know, I just, I thought it was really fun. And mm-hmm. in a story that's got a lot of serious tones to it. It was like a nice like palate cleanser in the middle. I love that. Yes. I think that's a good way of putting it too. I think I think that's mm-hmm. true and I and I agree. I think I think that was good. I also want to sort of say how much I loved certain lines that people had, which I know we all like, you know, next time send an email, which of course we've all just adapted just generally in life. Um, yeah. But also when I was rewatching it this week, um, Knox says to Gerbert, I'm not your lap dog. And he turns and looks at him. He goes, fetch. fetch. <laughs> yes. Come oh, yeah. on. He had the best one-liners in this. Oh, um, my God. It was so good. Fetch. And you know Peter Knox is thinking, fuck you. Right? But he can't say it because mm-hmm. it, it wouldn't go well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I. Amen. Um, shameless plug. I think um, for those who have just discovered Discovery, of which is season two for the first time in its airing, um, as they're re-airing them on AMC, um, I would encourage you to find the recaps that we have done for each episode. Yes. And I say that because we pull out some of those. Like, those stick really hard <laughs> in the moment, and they they hold up and so if you're looking for sort of the best of the best with timestamps of each episode to go back and look and go I want to see that moment because that would make me laugh I feel like the recaps that Nikki and I did pulled out all of those because it made us spit whatever Uh liquid beverage we were drinking at the time because it's just welcome comedy I will put those I will put the link in the show notes cool super handy look at me making a note about that like how professional um yeah did you take your david letterman pencil to do it that's my favorite (laughs) (laughs) sorry no Mm. but show notes got it on it and i just wanted to say we we have we're big fans of philippe here and we haven't talked much about Mm. uh, at all about philippe but i will say that one of my favorite moments was when philippe made um diana his blood sworn daughter i and well and the whole he he told them they were going to get married thing. I think he proposed to them. I think yeah, that's I have, how it worked. Yeah, I have some feelings around all of that, but yes. Yeah, so he proposed to them, and then they got married, and, and the, the whole Blood Sworn Daughter thing. I thought that was that was a really beautiful moment, and um, James Purefoy is, um, mm. yes. he sold it. Let's just say that. Yeah, yes. I'm a believer. I agree. A hundred percent. Also pretty good looking. Yeah. Just I mean, let's get dreamy. it. That's, I mean, let's be real. There was a fair amount of male eye candy in this show. There really was. Of all ages. <laughs> exactly. Really. Yeah, all there, ages, a all little time something periods. for everybody. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Good, good for you, a discovery of which is production team. <laughs> <laughs> and casting people. Mm-hmm. Oh, y'all. Okay. All right. I think this is the end of this episode. All right. Well, then let's wrap it up. Thank you so much for spending some of your time with us. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. And that if you feel inspired, you'll leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you can leave a review. And really, we would appreciate it. So, you know, go on out there. Leave us something. Say hi. We want to hear from you. If you'd like to join us in the conversation, find us on Twitter and Instagram at AllSoulsWW, on Facebook at AllSoulsWitchyWomen Podcast and Blog, and online at AllSoulsWitchyWomen.com. See you soon.